uh, can I invite Harold? Harold, would you come and, and we'll pray for you? Uh, this is Harold. Uh, he got the memo about the wedding a week early. This is how you dress for a wedding. Uh, if, I, if I dress like this every week, then I wouldn't be able to do anything special for the wedding. So uh, uh, that's why. And uh, Harold and uh, Flo uh, are great friends of ours as we've uh, got to know one another over the years. And there's something about the Spirit of God in them uh, that always energizes and fires me. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I want to thank you for every time you've used Harold to bring your word into people's lives. Countless, countless times. Many, many stories. A great cloud of witnesses that testify to your work through this man. And so we ask in this moment that you would speak your word afresh to him and through him and to us. May we together grasp hold of all that you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Fryman. <laughs> it's good to have friends, isn't it? Yes, we appreciate our friendship. We enjoy each other's company. We get together from time to time, <clears throat> the four of us. And praise God, we are one family. So this morning, I'll be sharing on the topic, we are one. And I'm sure we can all say that together. It's bold out there, so we can all shout it out together. One, two, three, go. We are one. That's good for a cold morning. That's good. So I think we can, we can do it two more times. One, two, three, go. We are one. And for the last time, just tell somebody, we are one. We are one. We are one. We are one. Excellent. It's a joy to be here again. And thanks again for the privilege to share with you God's word. I know the weather is a bit challenging, but praise God, those of you who've made it, well done. So as we explore today's message, we are one. I'd like to take, if you're doing the Daniel fast, then day eight, as tomorrow morning, focuses on, day, on we are one. So our two main passages that have been read for us are Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7. And also John 17, 20 to 23. So I'm going to be sharing on those two passages. And let's see how the Holy Spirit will say to us together. Okay, so. Keep what? I think it's meant to say you've received. Keep what you've received. And I want to talk about four things. Grace at work through our uniqueness. Grace at work through our oneness. Grace at work through our struggles, and grace at work through our strength. Now, I'm going to look at it from verse 7 and work my way up to verse 1. So, in Ephesians chapter 7, sorry, chapter 4, Paul begins off by imploring the church. But in verse 7, he says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. I want to explore this by saying we're all unique. 
and were different. Is that not true? Were uniquely different individually and people groups are different. We all have a lot in common as humans, but we still have our own uniqueness. And the Bible says the grace of God is shaped for every individual specially. The grace of God is designed so that whatever your background, whatever your personality, whatever your gender, your age, wherever you are in life, the grace of God can work in you and through you and for you for the glory of God. So he reminds us before he's talked about our oneness, which I'll talk about in a minute. I just want to start off by saying it's okay that we're different. So just look at somebody and say, thank God I'm different. Oh, we're different, aren't we? We are different. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God for that. And can, I, can I encourage us to celebrate our uniqueness? It's important. Because sometimes we can forget that actually our uniqueness is part of reflecting the glory of God. Am I talking to anybody in this place? And sometimes many people are trying very hard to become like somebody else. Anybody been there before? Well, you're working hard to become like somebody else, look like somebody else, talk like somebody else, act like somebody else, and you never really live out yourself. Celebrate who you are. Because the grace of God is at work in our differences. We think different. We talk different. We act different. Even we approach things differently. You see that in... The marital context, in a home, the church family, among friends, you just have to live for a little longer and then you realize, actually, nobody always thinks like me because we're different. So just, just celebrate who you are, that you're unique, you're special, and the grace of God is tailor-made for you. I, I, I was given this suit as a, as a gift. So, yes, I thought I'd wait and uh, just keep you in the wedding mode for next week. <laughs> so, when I went to the, the, the shop, there were several sizes. There were so, smaller ones, larger ones, and I tried a few on, and I got the size that fits me perfectly. And some of it needed some adjustment, and they adjusted it according to my height. Can I encourage you? The grace of God is fashioned, designed, working for you in your uniqueness, just as you are. So God says to you this morning, you're free to be yourself. So tell somebody, I gave you permission to be yourself. Um, as, I, as I grow in my understanding of God's love, and I think I said this one of my, on, on one occasion when I ministered here, 
I think it was at the joint service, that by the grace of God, I've been delivered from trying to impress people. I've been delivered from trying to prove anything to anybody. Be yourself. Because the grace of God is at work in you, through you, for you, for the glory of God. So, we're unique. And then in verse 4 to 6, Paul elaborates <clears throat> on the areas of our oneness. Excuse me, please. He reminds us from verse 4 to 6, there is one body, there is one hope, sorry, one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. If you count them, there's seven of them. Seven of them. So, we'll go through together. Number one, he says there's one body. Do you mind if we say it together, please? One body. There's, he says, one spirit. One hope. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. And one God. And he explains that he's a father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. That, if, if you were to think it through, you realize we don't always either recognize that, believe that, or we forget very quickly. Does anybody agree with me? So we are reminded that the grace of God that we have already received, which was supposed to keep, according to verse 3, is at work in us because we are already one. We are already one. Verse 1 encourages us to remember that we've been called to a life that is, worthy, is worth living. And it's a life that we glorify God with. He reminds us that by the grace of God, we've already received this. We're not trying to earn something. We've already received. So by the grace of God, we have, been, we have become partakers of one body. And this week, as we look at the seven pictures of the church, seven pictures of the church, one of them talks about the body. Just as there are different parts, we have been engrafted into this body and we're, we're all part of this same body. Because we belong to different communities or, or, or church families, denominations, doesn't mean we're different when it comes to the fact that we're all in the same body. Is anybody in Christ in this place? Let's, start, let's try that again. <laughs> Is anybody in Christ in this place? Yes. Then according to the scriptures, we are in one body. Amen? Amen? 
And it's the same Holy Spirit in Paul. The same Holy Spirit. What's your name, dear? Catherine. The same Holy Spirit. The same. The same. The same Spirit that saved you, saved me. The same Spirit in a child is the same Spirit in an adult if they're both born again. Same. The same Spirit. He does not differentiate between our gender, our social status, our, education, our educational background, our skin color, the languages we speak. Nothing. The same Spirit. And when we live according to the grace of God and we live from that perspective, we see each other differently and we can celebrate our oneness. So I encourage you today, in as much as I said we're different, we're also one. We belong to the same body and the same spirit lives in all of us who are the children of God all across the globe. The same spirit. God sees us the same in one family because we all have the same spirit in the same body. We serve the same Lord. We call to one, the same hope. The same hope. One baptism. And this is the baptism into Christ. Because I know some get sprinkled. Others get dunked. Some get, some get dunked in the river. Some get dunked in the lake. Some just have a swimming pool. So you, he's not talking about the style of the baptism. He's talking about the baptism into Christ. Are you with me, beloved? The same baptism. The same baptism. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what time of the day you were baptized, whether in this tank or somewhere else. That's not, it's not just, it's, like I said, this is symbolic of something that has happened spiritually. We're, we're baptized into Christ. We all have the same baptism because we belong to the same body, the same spirit, the same hope. One faith. And this faith is the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. It's important that we, we concentrate on the things that bind us together and not focus on the things that divide us. I'm sure some of you would have a different preference of some things that are done in BBC. So it is in IIC. I sometimes have a different preference to what's going on up front. And you say, but you're the pastor. Of course, but we're different. And somebody might be speaking, and as I'm talking, somebody might be thinking, I wouldn't quite put it quite like that. But that's what, that's what makes us different. But we're still one. Are you with me? Why not remind two or three people that we're one? Okay, so you, you can do it in your, in your close circle. Just remind the person on your left and the person on your right. Just, just, can we just do that for 10 seconds? Okay, as I get something. Are you still there? Good. We are one. And can I encourage us that as we celebrate and speak out who we are and what we become, the more it becomes real to us. 
The more we remind ourselves that we are one, the more it becomes real to us. And the more we, we live that through because the grace of God is what we've received already. We've received the grace to walk in this oneness, live in this oneness, see each other through the eyes of Christ, see each other like that, that we are one. But unfortunately, the world that seeks to conform us into this mold and shape us reminds us that we're not the same. Reminds us that we're not, we're not the same. We're, sorry, we're not, we're not one. But Jesus would remind us by his spirit today that we are one. And I want to encourage you and honor you today, my brother Simon. A few years ago, I was going through a very difficult time. I thought, who will I call upon to help me? And the Lord allowed our pastor, we knew each other, but somehow our paths crossed afresh. And I just shared what I was going through. And our friendship has deepened since then. But we've known each other for a few years now. You've been here 20 plus, 25, 20, 22. We've be, I've been here 17. I've known you for most of that time. But now we can say we know each other more. And we, we celebrate our oneness. And that's it's our friendship, our oneness, that has grown into what we're seeing now. And there's more to come. There's more to come that the Lord would, would allow us to do together. Because we focus on our oneness. Are you with me? We focus on what binds us together. There was a time some people thought Pentecostals were lunatics. Amen. <laughs> I was going to say something, but... <laughs> God help us. <laughs> Let's not judge each other by labels. Let's celebrate our oneness. Are you with me? You're not really a Baptist. You're a child of God. That happens to be in the Baptist fraternity and wonderfully pastored by Simon and Kerry. That's a blessing. You're in Ipswich at this time of your life. But you might be somewhere else in the next chapter of your life. And you might not be in a Baptist church. Are you with me, beloved? Because at the core, our church doesn't define us. It's Christ who defines us. Are you with me? We are one. We are one. Let's celebrate that. And the more you say it, the more you celebrate it, the more it becomes real. And then you find opportunities to do things together. And you realize, actually, what? we're one. At the core, there's a lot we have in common, more than the things that seem to divide us. So weeks ago, just before Christmas, our son who owns us two basketball balls, this one, somehow, mysteriously, toppled down the steps our stairs and our, we had a, a flower vase in the corner 
and as you can picture what I'm dramatizing, <laughs> the ball happily bounced, missed everything else, went exactly in the corner, hit the flower vase, and what do you think happened? It broke. I was upstairs. And I heard the noise. And I thought, what was that? And my wife wasn't amused. <laughs> so this, this is a beautiful flower vase, is it not? Isn't it nice? Okay. Now those of you at the front might notice something. What do you notice? You notice some cracks? Can you? Can... Okay. So, a few days ago, our neighbor popped in. We get on very well. He popped in to say hello and to ask me to do something for him. And he saw that the broken. We left it in the corner. We, we just thought. <laughs> we, just, we just leave it. <laughs> it had the broken pieces still on the floor. Can you believe it? We just left it. Thinking, what should we do? <laughs> so our neighbor popped in to say hello. And he saw that. And he said, would you like me to fix that for you? I've got loads of super glue. <laughs> Give it to me and I'll sort something out of it. And after a few hours, this is the finished product. I'm leading to an important point. <laughs> the grace of God at work through our struggles. Verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If you focus on the passage, it tells us a number of things. It tells us that we already start off with the unity of the Spirit. That's where we start. But it's our responsibility to keep what we already have. Because why would you be asked to keep something if you don't have it? Am I making sense? So we only are asked to keep something because we already have it. So we start off as united in the Spirit or, the, or having the unity of the Spirit. Doesn't necessarily mean uniformity, but the unity of in our spirit being. We're connected. Because all our spirits are born again, saved, washed, unblemished, cleansed. And our spirit beings, because of the Holy Spirit who connects us all, he, he's reminding us today, you have the unity of the spirit in your spirit being. But unfortunately, because we're not always walking full of the spirit, we act a lot out of our emotions, out of our flesh. We break the unity of the spirit. But in our spirit being, Catherine, 
Did you say Catherine? Yes. Catherine, do you mind? Yes. <laughs> so, I think I've met, I'm meeting you for the first time. You're a Christian, I take it. Yes, good. <laughs> good. So, so am I. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Catherine and I, in our spirit being, are born again. Made alive. We were dead, but now we're alive. So in your spirit being and in mine, the Holy Spirit says we have the unity of the spirit on the inside. But then he commands us. He urges us. He encourages us. We've got work to do. Because I have preferences that I'm sure are different to yours. And the grace of God is at work in our differences. And yet, in the spirit, he says we're one. But we've got work to do. Because the Bible doesn't pretend that we don't have struggles. The Bible admits, accepts, it's written to real people in the real world. So it's written to us to say, let's work at this, starting off by knowing we're already one in the spirit. In our spirit. Make the effort. So there are things we do that would strengthen the bond of unity that we already have. We're not trying to get it. No, it's easier to keep than to try and get. Is that not true? Grace says you've already been given. We're not earning. We're not trying to work hard to receive. We already have it. But you and I know our preferences, our personality differences, our temperaments, our tongue that sometimes we can't always control gets in the way. And anybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And we all are subject to this challenge. And this is a struggle for believers. I've met people that you think, wow. <laughs> Sorry. You would think, you've been a Christian for how long? Since Jesus left. <laughs> and you still behave like this? Have you ever been wowed by, by somebody you thought was very spiritual? Anybody? You, they, they done, they've done something you think, wow. I didn't expect that. We, we're all like that. Just nudge somebody and say, we're all like that. We're all like that. We're all like that. We all sometimes surprise. Have you ever surprised yourself? You think, wow, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't even think that was still in my heart. You think you've forgiven somebody only to realize you really haven't forgiven deeply because something happens and something comes out and you think, Lord, we've still got some business to work on. Am I talking to some real people today? The Lord will encourage us. Let's keep what we already have. But let's be mindful of the things that work against the bond of peace. BBC, May 2017, be your year of greatest manifestation of unity. May it be the greatest manifestation, because we already have it, it just has to manifest. 
May it be the greatest year of manifesting the bond of peace between brothers, sisters, between couples, in families, between friends, between the leadership, the fellowship, between the wider body. May BBC play your part in keeping the bond of peace among the brothers. Because we're already united in Christ. I think that deserves a clap offering. Thank you very much. So in our struggles, we do have struggles to keep the unity. But the grace of God is still at work in spite of our challenges. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. If you have a disagreement with your spouse, it doesn't mean you threw in the towel immediately. No. You work at it. You say sorry and you, and you move on. And the key, the key is in our strength. In verse 2 it says, be completely humble. That's a strength. That's a key. I found pride is one of the things that manifests itself in so many colors. So many colors. So many ways we don't even realize it. Pride is what keeps people apart. Pride is what makes it difficult for somebody to say sorry. Do you find it hard to say sorry? Genuinely? I know some people. They love God. But to say sorry, oh Lord. It's like, it's like squeezing water out of a rock. Are you one of those? It's hard to say sorry. I know it's, it's easy to pronounce, but it's perhaps hard to say. He says be completely humble because it's a key that keeps the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Today, because people can't say sorry, they go to war. Somehow, some homes are divided because somebody couldn't say sorry. A child left home because they felt the need to do so because they can't say sorry. And today, the world is running around. There's, 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 it's like there's a raging anger in the hearts of many. May the Lord deliver us from that. May we not be a people that struggle because of our pride. Not to admit, I can learn from somebody else. You know, I've changed my attitude as I've grown. Somehow, I... I have I still got a bit more time? Okay. When I came from Africa 17 years ago, it was very different. Very different. Very different. 17 years is quite a while. I came raw. I came... I don't know how to describe it. I, I just came full of my own experience, style of doing church. I was in London for a week or two. I was among people who were very similar to me, so it didn't make much of a difference. Then I came to Suffolk. <laughs> Whoa. Lord. So I went to, went invited by my friends, Gilbert and Baba. Went to Elam. In spite of the fact that the 
it was a Pentecostal church, it was still different. Different style. And I was thinking, these people, they need fire. They need a revival. And I remember preaching one day, and there was an older English woman. She was listening. She asked me to come and stay with her for a couple of months, or three months. So every time when I finished preaching, she would coach me. Don't raise your voice too much. <laughs> I know you're passionate. But we're also spiritual. Don't patronize us. And after a while, I got the message. I'm in a different place. And people sometimes express themselves differently. But it doesn't mean that because they express themselves differently, they're not spiritual. Are you with me? Or they're not alive. Because I've been in the noisiest environments that are spiritually void of everything. Void of God's presence. And I've been in the, the most silent places that are most spiritual and sacred. And I've learned as I've matured, it's not the style. It's, not, it's, it's really not... Because a lot of church has become hype. It's just a show. It's the show because people can sing of something that is not real to them, that they're not living. Because we just know the words now. The melody is nice. The band is a feel-good thing. God have mercy. This is supposed to be real. It's supposed to be a real world. So a real life. It's supposed to be a real walk with God. But praise God, in spite of all our struggles, he helps us. And we're on a journey, it's a process. We fall several times, but thanks be to God who lifts us up. Because none of us in, our, in ourselves can ever, ever meet the mark. But praise God, it's not about us. It's about Christ at work in us. So make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And use the keys, he says, be gentle, be patient. Oh, we can talk about this for a while. Oh, we'll move on. Bearing with one another in love. May the Lord help us. That the grace of God that we've received would reflect as our roots go down deep. In the love of the Father. Because as we live our lives from that place where we are, we have the revelation of God's love, we've experienced it. It will change everything. I found that the, the more I grow in the love of God, it just changes. I just see people different. More tolerant at home. Tolerant, more tolerant with people, just patient in general. Because I see, I, I see things different. Through the eyes of God's grace. But when I'm not really, when I'm too busy and I haven't established my roots for a while, I realize how I can easily become judgmental. Anybody can relate to what I'm talking about. May the Lord help us all. My last slide, John 17. Jesus' prayer. This is towards the end of his prayer. And we see 
we see three things I want to talk about. The possibility. Jesus prayed about something that he knew was possible. Otherwise, he wouldn't have prayed it. The purpose and the person of unity. As I draw this to a close. So in verse 20 to 23, I'll just read it again. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That is us who have come to faith many centuries after the early apostles. But it's been passed down. That all of them, how many of them? He says all of them, that's us, and those that have gone ahead of us, and those here to come, may be one. He's praying. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you, have, that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity. To let the world know that you sent me and have loved me even as. You have, and has loved them even as you have loved me. The possibility. Jesus prayed about something that he knew was possible. Jesus prayed this prayer before the cross. This was a prayer before Pentecost. And since the cross, grace is available. Since Pentecost, the Spirit is available. That everything Jesus prayed, we can actually live it. I want to encourage you to think like that. Think like that. It is possible. It is possible. It is actually possible that we would walk in unity. Live in unity. Be one. Because Jesus saw the possibility. That's why he prayed it. So it is possible that Burlington, you, you can grow so much in the love of God, individually and corporately. I, I see any fellowship in your, corporate, in your family, between husband and wife, friends. We can grow so much rooted in the love of the Father that it actually reflects that this prayer becomes possible. It's so, it's, that it becomes easy to relate to one another. No agenda. Nobody is trying to trip the other person up. Nobody is trying to stab the other person in the back. Nobody is gossiping behind somebody else's back. Nobody has any ill towards anybody. Nobody is jealous of the other because we're all growing in the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. Because the Spirit is given free reign in our lives to help us mature. And that possibility... It's what Jesus is saying, but it has a purpose because the world will see, they would know. Do you know that when you see people who love each other, they attract? Is that not true? No matter who they are, they don't have to even be Christians. If two people love each other, it's beautiful. Because love is beautiful. Love attracts. Love attracts. 
what we're doing, our friendship. This really should be the norm. This is the norm. This is the, this is the kingdom norm, number one. We talk as friends. We act as friends because we know we're one. This shouldn't be abnormal. It's, it's, it's the real norm. Having said that, the church sometimes is so far from what Jesus prayed that this is like our friendship is when I tell friends that I've got one of my closest friends is, is a Baptist minister. I can share my heart with him. You think, ooh, wow. And I'm talking about fellow ministers. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean it as that they think anything wrong with Baptists or anything like that. It's, it's, it's more the fact that I would actually have a pastor of another church as my friend. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's, it's like it's strange. Because it doesn't happen often. Because of so many insecurities. Competition. When we meet... We, we, I, don't think we've, I don't even think we ever discuss how many people do you have on a Sunday? How much money do you have in the offering? We don't talk about stuff like that. <laughs> we don't. Because there's no competition. Are you with me, beloved? And if there's anything to celebrate, we celebrate what God is doing among ourselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying, beloved? All these insecurities have kept us apart. But I came to encourage you, it is possible. And it has a purpose. And the world is looking for something that is authentic. That they can be attracted to. But unfortunately, sometimes what they see is believers fighting, divided. And they think, well, if you guys don't know what you're doing, I'm not sure that that's beautiful enough. But it's a new dawn. It's a new day. The church is waking up. This is a prophecy. The Lord is helping us to wake up as his body and his bride across the globe to recognize who we are in him genuinely. That is by the spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by human strength. It's not by our organization. It's nothing like that. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And he's waking up a bride that is in love with him and in love with one another because our focus is on him. Our eyes are lifted to him because we live in him and we live through him for his glory. And the Lord will remind you, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And the Lord will remind you, I am the lifter up of your head. And the Lord will remind you, his love over you is spirit in us what a privilege that we would be invited into a closeness with the father and the son because the spirit of him who rose from the dead dwells in us corporately so we are invited so that we can have fellowship with the Father and the Son because the Spirit in us cries, Abba, Father. Spirit of adoption cries, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit in the church cries out, I'm in love with you, Lord. I'm in love with you, Abba, Father. And the Father and the Son says, yes, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. It was worth the cross. 
the spirit in the church. The bride adores him, adores him. We live in intimacy with him. He invites us into a place of intimacy because his spirit invites us to say we can live in this oneness with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because the spirit now lives in the church. We have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us because we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The person of, the, the person of unity is Christ who by his spirit lives in the believer. I want to encourage you this morning. Unity is possible. Unity has a purpose. And it's centered on the person of Christ. Let's bow our heads, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before I hand over to Pastor Simon, if you're a couple in this place, do you mind if, if, you're, if you're sitting together, just stand, please. Just like, if you're able. If you're a couple, you're together, or even if you're married, let's start with that. Okay, even if you're married. If you don't mind, let's stand. I'd just like to pray over marriages. Pastor Simon, do you, do you mind joining me just for a second? Yeah. Pastor Simon, do you mind joining me for a second? Can you bring a microphone, please? As we know, marriage is one of the, the pictures of unity where the church it's in fellowship with, with our bridegroom. I'd like to pray over every marriage that you will grow in unity and in peace and in love for the glory of God. So Father, I thank you for every couple here. I pray that your glory will manifest in their homes. That they would walk in love and in unity and express the oneness that you've invited them to walk in. And I pray, Holy Spirit, for healing where things need to be repaired. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're seated, if you don't mind, just, let's all stand, please. I like to pray for the fellowship. I'm going to invite my wife. Let's just pray. Should I come? Let's just let's just pray for for Burlington. That the unity that you already have in your spirit would manifest. This year, everything Father has called you to live in would manifest because you choose to walk in oneness. If it's appropriate, just hold somebody's hand near, near you, okay? If, if, if you find it appropriate, that's okay. No pressure. But if you like to do so, hold somebody's hand, okay? And then I, I just invite Florence to pray briefly, and then... Thank you, Simon. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
I'm asked to pray, but I, I just feel strongly there's something in my spirit I need to share with you as oneness of the church of Jesus. I went on a walk in the Chantry Park one of the days, but then my husband, they have gone for a conference in Birmingham. And I got there together with an elderly man who might be in his 70s. And immediately I got there, he had also arrived. He was coming from one point, and I was coming from one point, and we got there together. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just prompted in my heart to say this way, because we got to the gate, and it was closed. But we held the gate together, and I said, let us do it together. And together we opened the gate, and we entered in. I, I being a younger person, or young, I walked faster, so I went ahead of him as I was playing my iPhone with music and praying the spirit and walking down the park. I walked past Riders and I sat on one of the benches. And as I sat there and I was reading the word of God meditatively, he had also walked up to that point. And from there we engaged in conversation again. To cut the whole story short, after I've been home, the Holy Spirit just told me, this is what I have achieved today with you going out to the park. I have registered something in heaven that in me, it is already registered, but reminding my church and remind my church on it that as I created male and female, I chose you and a man to open that gate together. As I poured my spirit upon all flesh, he is elderly, but I chose you, a young woman and an elderly man, to open the gate together. As he was white and I was black, I chose you and him so that together I would tell the world that I am calling all races together to do things for me. And the spirit of God revealed to me, because he told me, I haven't married before. I said, so how do you live? He said, I do all things. I said, the spirit said, as you are married and he is not married, I've chosen to show my church, both the single and married belong to me to do things together for me. Amen. So we are declaring together by prayer, the Father is you who have already done it right from the foundation. And we say, revive thy works in the midst of the years where we might have lay down some principles of peace, some principles of humility, some principles of forgetting of who we are to do things together. So as I pray, I believe you want to come in agreement with me. That as God said it, when we didn't know each other, we didn't know where we come, but God is doing things in the spirit and he was just using the two of us at that moment to accomplish something for his glory. We are going to do it together. BBC and IIC in spirit, together for the body of Christ in Ipswich. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that this day, as we have been reminded by your servant through the teaching that we are one, we know you have done your part, and you are reminding us, but we come before you as we are. We come before you that by your spirit, you will pour fresh oil upon your church, Fresh oil that heals wounds and hurts that might have been created in the midst of the, uh, the, 
the, the frictions that have been between us as brothers and sisters. I pray the Father, even the wounds that have been created, when we have taught that we are on our own, but you said, no, you are not on your own. I am with you to the ends of the earth. Whether you walk as one or you walk as together with the witnesses of many believers, I am with you. I ask the spirit of the living God, cover our hearts and minds with this confidence as a church that we will know that you who is with us, you will do great things with our unity in spirit and that you will be glorified because through this, many will know that we are true children of God and you will add more to our numbers. We'll see increase and fruitfulness because they will see you as overall and in all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you very much. Great. Let's uh, just remain prayerful for a moment. Conscious of the people that we'd long to pray for as we've gathered together in this place. People that have been on our hearts perhaps through this last week. Here's the cries of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. We pray for Alan and Margaret Cribb as Alan travels this week for the funeral of his brother. And we're asking, Lord God, would you hand that whole family in, one loss after another. I'm asking that this week they would know an unprecedented sense of your peace. That they would be amazed within themselves of the calm assurance that they would know the God of all comfort in the midst of their loss and their losses. Pray for John and Anna Ducker and their whole family as John's dad remains very ill in hospital this whole week. And we lift them to you. Lord God, have mercy. Lord God, in your grace, would we see your hand at work, we pray. For them, your kingdom come and your will be done. Continue to pray for John and Pauline Long as John's still in hospital. Would you minister, Lord, to him? Thank you for uh, the recovery of this last week, and we ask that that would continue in Jesus' name. For Nicholas Grinchett's father, who's very ill, Lord, may he, in his spirit, be awakened to your presence. Tony and Elizabeth Simpson's future daughter-in-law, Alice, may she discover you in the midst of all 
first struggle with health. And we're praying for Barry and Caroline as they approach next Sunday, as they approach their wedding. And uh, we journey with them and we celebrate with them and we pray, Lord God, that this week that you would quicken their hearts with your presence, that they would know the joy of being in your will and purpose. And we pray that their love for one another that's so evident to us would grow deeper and stronger in all the days that lie ahead. Hem them in on every side. Be to them a great source of peace and presence. In Jesus' name. And in the stillness of this moment, we know in our hearts that you are here. In this moment, it seems easier to believe. In this moment, we can almost touch you. And so as we leave this place, we declare together that you are the God that meets us not just here, but everywhere. Not just this time, but any time. That we are not just united in these moments, but we remain united through every moment. That your purpose isn't just now, but your purpose unfolds tomorrow. And so we choose to step forward in faith. We choose to put our trust afresh in you. That you are our cornerstone. You are our anchor. That you are the one that holds us secure. So interesting that so many of the prophetic words this morning were around that very truth before we even began to worship. I'm reminded of that scripture, resist the devil and he will flee from you. For some of us, we hear that afresh in our hearts by faith this morning as we step into whatever it is tonight or tomorrow. We resist the enemy and he will flee because he is sovereign over us. And what the enemy means for evil, he'll turn it for his good. Your grace is at work in us. We have seen and received grace upon grace. And so we rise to renew our trust, to renew our strength, and to declare to ourselves and one another that you're the God sovereign over all. Let's stand together.